Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. These are not pajamas, but it is cat wear. Meow. <laughs> this is a special episode. You know, when I put up the video to ask for questions on this episode, I was actually very surprised at how few questions there were. But I also feel like there's a lot of folks that may not want to admit the truth and the fact that Mean Girls is a real thing. And it doesn't go away just because you are no longer in high school. I think it honestly ends up thriving as we get older. This idea of the concept of the mean girls. And I want to talk about this topic because I think it gets in the way more often than we want to admit of this whole like women's like sisterhood, especially it is truncated by the mean girl dynamic still existing. And in order to identify like what the mean girl dynamic is, we got to identify like, well, what makes a mean girl? So we're going to get into that. Also, I got to tell y'all my stories because I done had some mean girl experiences and we are going to talk about them. No, I'm not going to name names, but if you want to insert the names that you think are the possible names, then I'm not going to stop you from doing that either. Nonetheless, this episode, I hope, encourages you to be able to challenge the mean girls that are in your life, in your office, in your PTA program, et cetera. And that if you are listening and realize, oh shit, I'm a mean girl, I hope it encourages you to change course. Because ultimately, these are tropes that we pick up in our younger years and they can be very hard to break. And that's both the people who are the mean girls and the ones who suffer the fools of the mean girls. You don't got to do either. So let's be better. Let's get into an episode. Side effects of mean girls. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> this jam dropping is mean girls versus folks that ain't your tribe. Now, let me get clear on this. Now, I think for a lot of people, the idea of Mean Girls was actually encapsulated by like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler's movie, Mean Girls, right? They like put a name to it. They named the thing. But I don't know that they were the first. And the reality is, is that we definitely know that we've all in, in experienced the dynamic of the Mean Girl. The Mean Girls are a group of girls and as we get older, a group of women who derive security within themselves by making someone else feel insecure or ostracized. They require the network of each other, the ecosystem of their own inequities in order to feel whole. And in that, they then focus their energy outward to try to plot the demise of anyone they feel that they can derive some type of energy from. Ultimately, mean girls are energy vampires. That's really what they are. They are sucking energy from someone else in order to make themselves feel better. And what it really is reflective of is their own insecurity, okay? If you are confident and you are in a space where you are not paying them any mind, you then become a target, the mean girls. You've experienced it, you know it, you've seen it. Now, then, of course, there's the those just aren't my people. 
And that those just aren't my people is different. I think sometimes we may assign the mean girl title to women who maybe just aren't our people because we feel like, well, why don't they want to be my people? Well, ultimately, if they're not coming for you and they're not really trying to like pay attention to you and they're not making any efforts to ostracize you, I don't think that they're being mean girls. I just think y'all don't mesh. And that's fine. I think you can still be civil with someone that you don't mesh with. I think you can still work with someone you don't mesh with. But I think far too often, a lot of us want everyone to like us. And so if people don't like us or people aren't interested in hanging out with us, then we will think, oh, well, they're being mean girls. And it is an important distinction to make, especially when you work in places that have have a lot of other women because you also are taking on energy when you feel like you got to fight folks that really ain't even fighting you. The mean girls, they're fighting you. They're putting situations together to make you feel some type of way. The girls that ain't your tribe, they're not doing that. They may be having a party and they didn't invite you. But honestly, did you want to (laughs) go? And that's the thing. I know that so many of us get caught in our egos too. Right. Like the feeling of missing out, the FOMO of it all is really more about your ego than like, do you really want to be there? And it's these distinctions as we get older that really define the maturity and the evolution of us as people versus just like when you're in school and these girls don't want you to sit at their table. You really feel crazy because you're like why don't they want me to sit at their table? Like, who are they? These are mean girls. And there's different versions of that. And I think when it boils down to it, we're all really looking for a certain level of acceptance. And a lot of us are looking in the wrong places. And when it doesn't show up where we want it to, we label it something. And a lot of times it can feel very violent. (laughs) It can feel very pointed. It can feel very direct. And then you have to take a second and identify what's really happening. And when you actually examine it, you got to say, Are they mean girls or are they just not paying me any attention? Now, both of those things can hurt your feelings. But one of those things is what we're talking about today and the other one is not. Mean girls are women who actively make an effort to disturb someone else's peace. This, for some reason, brings them a semblance of distorted joy Uh, It brings them a sense of power. It brings them a sense of groundedness in their value because they were able to disrupt someone that may have seemed solid. They were able to shake a foundation that looked more formed than their own. And in that, it gives them a sense of accomplishment. And so they will continue to do it. Now, you may say to yourself, well, yeah, but like, how can there be mean girls that are adults? Like, at a certain point, won't people just stop being your friend? No. Because mean girls have this weird way of always being able to find someone else to be their lackey. They have this odd gift of being able to, like, recruit. Because ultimately, mean girls are narcissists. And narcissists attract codependents. And codependents go with narcissists. That's why it is very important to identify, are you a codependent? Because a lot of times when it comes to mean girls, it ain't all four of y'all mean girls. It'll be like one of them is a mean girl and the rest of them are just attached to the mean girl for whatever reason. Maybe they're just trying to get in the club. Maybe she got money. But a lot of times it's because all of y'all have the same insecurity 
and you're somehow feeling more secure about yourselves by just inverting upon each other. And it's a weird thing to see when you see it, but it's also a really frustrating thing to see when you are the brunt of it. Now, in the contrast, when you see groups of women that may have formed a relationship that you're not a part of or may have formed of an alliance that you're not included in, there's something to be said for also being able to say, hey, like, I would love to hang out with y'all. And sometimes we just don't feel like we can do that. Sometimes we just feel like we have to stay on the outside. Like, we can't insert ourselves. We can't present ourselves in that way because we're going to look a certain way. You know, we, people don't want to look too thirsty. People don't want to look corny. But to me, there's a version of that that just says, I'm open for friendship. <laughs> That's it. And it gets a lot harder when you become an adult. It's a lot harder when you become an adult because once you become an adult, it starts to feel like everything is attached to judgment. And the judgment is a lot of times not even coming from the other people, it's coming from you and how you're judging yourself. And I think a lot of us are way too hard on ourselves. And that's why a lot of us end up being lonely, you know, because we don't want to embarrass ourselves because how many times have you done something and no one else cared but you and you the one like I can't even believe I did that ah! in approaching a group of women who may not have paid you any attention you know it can be like hey y'all you know I'd love to hang out with you you know let me know if I can come to brunch or you know and I say this because I know it may sound rudimentary but I know a lot of y'all are listening and I've asked this question before a lot of us are looking for friendships, like sturdy friendships that we haven't been able to establish. And a lot of us are realizing in our older years that the people that may have just been around because they've been around weren't actually the people that were the best to be around. And so we're like, am I just stuck with these people or do I have to now like be solo? You know, I saw an Instagram video. I don't know if it was Instagram, but TikTok video where this young lady was saying that, you know, is it a red flag if someone doesn't have friends? She specifically said if women. Is it a red flag if a woman doesn't have friends? And she said, you know, I think that's really mean because a lot of us have had trauma with our friendships. And so we've just decided not to have friends at all. And I understand that because I understand the mean girl trauma can really break you and put you in a hole. The mean girls, y'all, are real. I know some of y'all may be like, I feel like she's making a big deal out of this. And then a lot of y'all are like, nah, because I'm dealing with some mean girls right now. And mean girls exist everywhere. They exist at work. They exist at church. They exist on retreats for women's self-wellness and care. They are everywhere. And they are a fucking problem. I don't think you need to concern yourself with people that don't have interest in you unless you have interest in them. But when it comes to the mean girls, you got to know how to fight the mean girls. You got to know how to shake them down. Okay. And the way you shake them down is you don't let them disrupt your confidence because that's what they prey on. It's like their blood. Remember how we said they're energy vampires? For mean girls, they don't suck your blood. They don't suck just your time, your energy. They suck your confidence. That's what they feast on. <laughs> and it's a problem. And if you don't know that that's what they're feasting on, then you're going to offer it up every time. And you know what's the other weird part that we do with Mean Girls? We, like, try to, like, meet them where they're at. 
Like, oh, if I kill them with kindness, then they're not going to be mean anymore. And it's like, nope, that's not going to work either. The only thing that can stop a mean girl is themselves and therapy. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get into some questions. DMT, we're serving it. First question, what makes us want to be friends with the mean girl? You know, oddly enough, the mean girl is usually the popular girl. You know what I'm saying? She's usually the star, the center of attention. So it's always interesting to me when that person is the mean girl because it's like you don't need any of this energy. Like you already have it built into your position and your status. And so when I've been in situations where someone is the mean girl, it's always like an odd juxtaposition. And we want to be friends with the mean girl because they're like at the head of the table. In seventh grade, when I wanted to sit at the table with these particular girls and there was a mean girl, Leslie McDaniel, I mean, ultimately, Leslie McDaniel you wanted to be friends with her just because like she was the one everybody was being friends with. And she was kind of like the ringleader. So I think there's also the reality that not everybody is, you know what? Let's just keep it a buck. I don't care how confident you are. You still like when people like you. Okay. Like that's just the reality of humanity. You still like when people like you. And when you see somebody who is shining, that's like, Oh, what's up? Like, let's shine together. And I think that there's something that, kind of breaks in us when that person is like, oh, like, I don't know what you're about, but I'm not interested in you. And then you're like, okay, now I want to like figure out, like I want to get to the bottom of it. And we put so much behind this because we wonder, well, this person is in this position. They're the most popular or they're the most promoted. You know, like if you're in a corporate setting, the mean girl is usually the one who's at the table getting the most laughs, right? Who may get the most accounts or who may have the most favor with the boss and might even be the boss. You know, and so there's a multitude of reasons why you may want to be friends with the mean girl. I think a lot of it starts before you even know that they're actual mean girl. You know, you just like, I mean, why wouldn't I want to be friends with the person who's running shit? And also mean girls oftentimes have a lot of charisma. That's how they're able to get the minions. So charisma pulls people in. Charisma makes you like want to learn more about somebody. Charisma makes you enchanted, right? It's even the word charisma. It has like a magic to it, right? And so when we see that, we're like, well, I'm being pulled into this. You know, it's like, ooh, who is this? So it's natural. I think wanting to be friends with the mean girl is also similar to the dynamic of wanting to be with the bad boy. There's almost an adventure to it. There's like this mystique. There's this danger to it sometimes. And it makes you really driven and it makes you have like an extra element to your life. And it's, it's a, I don't know. I don't know. But if you are the person who befriends the mean girl and then you end up becoming kind of like one of their minions, right? Then part of it is because you wanted to be friends with that person in order to validate yourself. 
And we talked about that real quickly earlier when I said, you know, all of us want to be liked. And some of us will actually forego our own integrity in order to be liked by this person who somehow is now bringing us validation. And you know what that's the same dynamic as? A pimp and a hoe. There's something that we are missing that this person gives us. And then in their quest to get it from somebody else, we help them. And then they somehow make you feel better about yourself in that you help them do some whack shit or make this other group feel corny. It's not fun. And it really is just a reflection of our own toxicity and our own trauma. And it never addresses the actual mean girl. You know, it's like when we talk about colorism, but we never talk about white people. You know, it's not addressing the actual mean girl. It ends up just us infighting. And I wonder if any of you have at some point realized, oh, wait, I'm friends with a mean girl. Because when you realize that, you're like, well, what have I been doing to help them in their quest of meanness? Because I'll tell you now, I'm not a mean girl. I just don't like nobody. And that's different. Next question. Have you ever been perceived as a mean girl and how did that affect the way people treated you? Oh. I don't know that I've ever been perceived as a mean girl. I've been perceived as difficult, but not as a mean girl. I think I'm too weird to be considered a mean girl. You know what I mean? Because I'm not awkward, but I'm weird. And I think in my nerdiness in my goofiness and in my silliness, like it kind of rules out the mean girl thing because the mean girl is usually very measured, very together. And they usually don't give a lot of themselves away. The mean girl is usually the mystery. You know, that's why what happens so often when we see like shows and movies about mean girls, when we actually get into their lives, we get to see like, oh, your mother is a bully. And that's why you a bully. Right? Like, that's what ends up happening is that you don't really know much about the mean girl. The mean girl keeps things very close to the chest. The mean girl keeps things very organized because they're playing people. They're puppeteering. So in the game that they're playing, they have to be making sure that they're watching the whole board. I'm too open for that. (laughs) I feel like I'm way too transparent and way too tell all about myself for me to get a mean girl title. Because I don't think anybody is looking at me and is like, oh, watch her. She's strategizing. No, I'm not. Like, I'm not manipulative. I don't have that skill set. I think it's a very acute skill set. I am persuasive because I can get my point across. And a lot of people can't get their point across. And so when you're able to, like, get your point across and stand on your point, you're able to persuade because you are able to continue with facts and examples to illuminate your point to somebody in a way that they may have run out of for themselves. And so that's how you end up being persuasive. But in terms of me being labeled a mean girl, no, I'm not. I don't think I've ever been labeled a mean girl. I've been the brunt of mean girls, but I haven't been labeled a mean girl. I think, though, that people have said that I'm mean in the sense of like, oh, like you're too direct you're stank or, you know, you're <laughs> you're too negative per se. And I, I want to make it clear, mean and mean girl are also two different things, right? right? Because like someone could be a bitch and got no friends. The mean girl has the orbit around them. 
They are not effective without the orbit around them. The mean girl moves as the head of a herd. Okay? okay. The mean bitch is just somebody who's just like mean for no reason. That's the other part. Whatever people have said I mean, I'm like, nah, I'm not mean. I just don't do a lot of the dancing y'all do. And I'm not preserving as many feelings. And some might say, well, everybody's feelings deserve to be preserved. And that's true to certain people. I don't know that that's the case. Especially if you have not preserved my feelings, baby, your feelings is out the window. Out. And just a side note, that becomes very difficult in a relationship. Because you don't get to do that in a relationship. In the relationship, if they didn't pay attention to your feelings and then you don't pay attention to their feelings, well, what are we doing? What are we doing? It doesn't foster like a possible solution. So then you end up having to like be the change you wish to see, which is a struggle. And someone had asked in the questions like, oh, like, how do you deal with mean girls? You know, can you just kill them with kindness? And I said this in the gem drop in. I don't feel like the being the change you wish to see with mean girls is the same that it is with your relationship. Because I feel like ultimately mean girls aren't interested in you. They're not interested in truth. They're not interested in like being anything different than what they are unless it's on their own terms. And again, I, I really assign narcissism to mean girl behavior a lot of times, right? Because once you're a woman and you're a mean girl, like you're a grown-ass adult woman and you're a mean girl, like that's how you are like sustaining emotionally. Like this has become an actual method by which you live by. You're moving in choice now. When you're a mean girl in, you know, middle school, high school, like that's a crazy time. You know what I'm saying? Like the dynamics of middle school and high school are just unwieldy, unruly. People got periods and flat chests and, you know, grades and essays. And it, it's just, you got to dress out for PE and then we got to play dodgeball in the middle of the day and then come back to school like regular people and just go about life as humans. You got the cafeteria and you got to figure out where you sitting in the cafeteria. You like this person, but this person likes you and he likes your friend. And now somebody's calling you Scary Spice down the hall because... I mean, I just flashed back to my own life. But what I'm saying is, is that as an adult and you carrying that chaos of middle school, high school with you to your adulthood, that's no longer just someone being an asshole. That's somebody making a choice to move through life a certain way. And they have decided that this method of disturbance and bringing chaos into a space with other women is effective. And by the way, mean girls aren't just mean to other women. I've seen mean girls be mean to dudes and I've seen them carry it forth in ways that is really like free for everybody. <laughs> it's genderless. The way the mean girl works is that what they'll do is they'll set you up to feel like you're about to be included and then exclude you. Like I can tell you a mean girl situation. It's like, they're all talking about a topic and you're minding your business. And then they're like, Amanda, what do you think about this? And now in your head, you're like, you know what? I already know these is mean girls. So let me not even include myself in this conversation. Let me just politely decline. But then the other part of you is like, but this could be the time that it works, that you guys become friends. And that's the inner child that still wanted to sit at that table with Leslie McDaniel. And sometimes in a child, need to shut the fuck up. 
Okay, because sometimes in a child, we're doing a lot of talking when grown folks business is happening. And so when you are in that situation, the better part to me is for you to say, I'm not even going to get pulled in. But I will tell you, I have been pulled in. And then what you do is you answer in order to not disrupt and in order to be a part of the vibe, you answer. And now what do the mean girls do? Oh, my God. I can't believe you would say that. That is unbelievable. Oh, my God. And you like, but I didn't even say nothing crazy. I didn't even say nothing different than what they were saying. But they got you. I know, y'all. I know. They got you. And that's just one of the minor ways that mean girls operate. Some of the major ways mean girls operate is they will get you fired. They will manipulate you to think things that are not true in order for them to capitalize off of them. They will ostracize you from your own group. But it is actual, like, social violence. And so you can't just kill them with kindness because that's like taking a pen to a gunfight. You're going to lose. So we have some more questions, as we always do, and we are going to head over to the amandaverse.com. That's my Patreon to answer the rest of these questions. Some of the questions, how do you deal with mean girls in a professional setting? Ooh, especially in an industry where your connections and relationships are the key to your next gig. That's a good one. Also, do you out mean a mean girl? What's the approach? Interesting. And how do you deal with the mean girl type in your family in a healthy way? So we're going to answer all these questions and more over there at the Amandaverse. Join us at theamandaverse.com so we can get deeper into the dive. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That one time? When it comes to that one time, I have so many Mean Girl stories that it's like, which one do I choose? So I'll tell you a recent Mean Girl story that I went through. I was a part of a group chat that had just like a bunch of dope sisters involved in the group chat. And I was asked to be in the group chat. And uh, actually, no, the group chat was derived from a group chat that I had started. So I had actually started a group chat with a bunch of dope women. And it was around a very specific issue that I won't tell you because it was honestly supposed to be between this private group of women. And I wanted to rally us around a specific handling of a certain issue. And that ended up dovetailing into a group chat 
that was started by one of the women in that group chat. And so they created a new group chat with, I guess, who they felt like they wanted to from that. And it was a really interesting space because it was a smart space that was also funny. And they also had, of course, elements of sisterhood to it. And during the pandemic, a lot of us were all seeking this type of camaraderie, right? We were seeking a certain level of togetherness. You know, there was a lot of isolation that was really harmful for a lot of us mental health-wise. And I was one of those people. So this was a nice, like, departure. Also, I've never really been, like, the group chat gal. Like, I don't find myself in, like, a number of group chats. I mean, at this point, I feel like all of my group chats are related to work in some shape, way, or form. So that was also a new a new experience for me to be involved in this group chat, in this space, with a bunch of women that I don't necessarily know personally, right? I didn't know any of them on a personal level. I knew them more so on a professional level. But this was allowing for us to get more acquainted with each other personally by sharing stories and by just our responses to things, etc. So I found myself in the space doing a lot more taking in than contributing just by nature of the fact also that they just kind of talked about a lot of stuff that I really didn't know about. And I would find myself really just listening or not listening, but like reading and observing or like asking questions because I knew that they knew things that I just didn't know. And over time, I started to feel like maybe my contribution to the group chat wasn't the same because I was kind of like, I wouldn't say I was the outcast, but I was like an outlier in that, like, I was the only, like, artist in the group chat. The other women in the group chat had a lot of different types of roles where they were not necessarily considered artists. You know, they were hosts and politicians and journalists and activists and organizers and, you know, just across the broad spectrum of really just advocacy. But I was the only one in there that was an entertainment talent artist person. So I will say that I think there was a level of imposter syndrome that I carried in not necessarily being as informed as them. And I will say also, though, that that group chat did encourage me by nature of (laughs) by nature of my not wanting to feel stupid. Like it actually was a part of me saying, like, I need to get more informed. And then in my getting more informed, it also then said, Amanda, you need to be more informed. Fuck this group chat. You need to be more informed because you're a black person in America and shit is going to the dogs. So you need to be more informed for yourself, for your audience, and for your future. Nonetheless, I digress. This group chat was really just a lot. Of, they would talk all day. Okay, they would talk all day. And I don't know about y'all, but like, I don't have time to necessarily like be exchanging back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and like all day. And like a lot of the conversations were also like involved. So it was like you couldn't necessarily just have like a cursory view. You know, there were some people in the group chat that would like come on at the end of the day and be like, all right, let me go read all y'all texts and see how I can like respond, right? Because it would be like hundreds of texts of content, you know? they It's funny women in there. So they say shit. You don't want to miss the joke. You want to laugh at the joke. You laughing at the joke eight hours later, like, ah, ha, 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 double tap, double tap. Then there's people in the chat that you end up like kind of forming some level of like, a more, I don't know, just like a closer width. So then now y'all have your own text, right? And so sometimes there's conversations that happen in the group chat and then you go to the side, like, am I missing the point on this? Or, you know, did you agree with this? Et cetera, et cetera. So I'm in this chat and at a certain point, it just reached a level where I felt like there was so much going on in my own personal life that the group chat was kind of like a disturbance because they were so immersed in talking about politics And it was like stressing me out. And so I left the chat. So I left the chat and 
then time passed and I got past my personal situation and I was having the conversation with one of the people that, again, I knew from the chat that we had also had like a friendship that had formed. And um, she was like, you know, we missed you in the chat. And I was like, well, you know, I'd love to come back. And so she just added me back to the chat just like that. And that was that. I was back in the chat. Back in the chat. Back in the chat. I'm back in the chat. I'm back in the chat. And I was doing a lot of work. At that time, I remember I was doing a lot of filming. You know, Devon had come back into my life. Like there was just a lot going on. So I found myself not actually on my phone as much. And I feel like there were times where I would see that they were going to do like a Zoom and everybody would get on the Zoom. So I would try making my business to be present for that. But I think, you know, maybe I maybe missed a couple things. And then one day I saw that they was all on a trip. And I was like, oh, wow, the chat went on a trip. How did I miss this? And then when I went to look at the chat, it said that I had left the chat. Now, I will tell you, like, I had not responded to the chat in a while. Like, I, you know, just life. And I was like, damn, like, did I leave the chat? Because, you know, this phone, I feel like the machines are, are they don't want us to win. So a lot of times, like, there's certain stuff that be happening. And I don't understand, like, why it happened. So I was like, maybe... Maybe I inadvertently left the chat. Maybe there was something that I did on the phone that caused that to happen. Nonetheless, I contacted the person who had started the chat. And I said, you know, I want to apologize. I had no intention of leaving the chat. I think there may have been a glitch or something. But I did see that y'all went on a trip together. And it just looked like a beautiful example of sisterhood. And um, it's something that I would love to have in my life. And so the next time you all do one, I would love to be a part of it. And uh, the person replied back and said, oh, no, you didn't leave the chat. I removed you. Say what? And she said, yeah, you know, the chat became a very personal space and we simply just couldn't have folks involved that were. I'm trying to remember her exact words, but basically she said, you know, we can't have anybody in here who's not like really fully committed and we can't have any casual members of the chat. And I got to tell y'all, I did not know the terms and conditions of the chat. I didn't know the bylines of the chat. I didn't get the privacy notice of the chat. And so I was really surprised at this because it wasn't like this was a conversation that had been had. It was more so a conversation that seemed to have come up based on something that I may have not even been there for. And I was so alone because this person who had started the chat with someone I considered my friend. And so I was like, why would you not tell me? <laughs> and it was like, oh, well, everyone's just very busy. And she was like, but, you know, let us know how we can support you. We're rooting for you. And I was like, just for the record, I think that was really shitty and that you could have gone about this in a far more communicative way. But see you in the mix. And then I cried. It brought up this inner child, seventh grade feeling of ostracizing that had no action attached to it. Like I hadn't done anything. You know, you like to tell yourself like, well, I did something. And so that's why this happened. But this it's like it, you hadn't done anything. And the reason I call this a mean girl situation is because what mean girls do is that they will create a scenario and then ostracize you based on something you don't even know <laughs> and then actually make you feel like, well, you should know why 
this is the thing and not tell you. And then they will justify themselves in this. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they'll justify themselves in it and really try to make you think that it's like a gaslight. Like, that's what the mean girls do. They gaslight. And they do it typically in a passive-aggressive way. It's always usually a passive-aggressive method. And uh, she told me they had taken a vote. She told me they had taken a vote and they had decided that anyone who wasn't communicating on a regular basis should no longer be in the group chat. And that was that. Now, y'all, I feel like I should have been informed, like, hey, Amanda, you know, we noticed that you haven't been in the group chat in a while. You know, we're deciding that we want to just kind of move forward with the folks who have like really formed a, a camaraderie or a connection. And in that, they could either have just said, and so we've decided you're no longer in it, or they could have said, and, you know, if you are interested in staying in the group chat, just know that we would expect more involvement from you. I don't think that's too much to ask because what the point is, is that that's how you treat people with respect, whom you respect. And what I see that mean girls do quite often is they don't, it's not that they disrespect. I don't know how to put it. I'm getting lost in my own story. But what I will say to you is this. That right there was some mean girl shit because on a basic level, you speak to people and you communicate and that's how you treat people that you are friends with. When you don't care about someone's feelings, you move like that. And that is how you treat someone who you don't give a fuck about. <laughs> and that's my most recent mean girl experience, y'all. That's my most recent mean girl experience. And I've seen some of the women from the group chat and you must believe that every single time I'm like, so... What was that about? And uh, two out of three of them have been absolved of responsibility. But there was a third that definitely came out her goddamn face and really was like, I don't know why you would expect anybody to have said anything to you. We're all very busy people. It seems like you're really upset about this. Yeah. It seems like you're really upset about this. Do you understand how antagonizing that is, y'all? For someone to be saying that to you while you're trying to stay calm and you're just trying to share with them, seems like you're really upset about this. That felt like I was in a Mean Girl film. Like I flew out of my body and looked down and was like, oh, who's playing us in the, <laughs> in the film? Like, I feel like we were casted. So, you know, shout out to everybody out there who I know has experienced the Mean Girl uh, dynamic because it really is shocking and jarring when it happens. When I was younger, um, I dealt with a lot of mean girls that were white girls. That's what I was dealing with when I was in school, was a lot of white girls who were mean girls. As I've gotten older, it's been black women who have ended up being the mean girls that I end up dealing with. And maybe that's just by proximity, right? Like I'm in a lot of black spaces, so naturally I'm going to be around a lot of black people, and that's where the mean girls are going to be coming from, the places where I'm in space with. But I think the frustrating part for me is that a lot of times the mean girls come out of spaces that are labeled as sisterhood, you know? And when you're in a place of sisterhood, you consider it to be a safe space. You think that it's going to be a place where you're understood or at least where there's going to be effort to understand you. And a sisterhood space is one where we communicate with each other at the basic level to give someone the opportunity to make a choice. You know, because that's how you show respect for someone is you give them the opportunity to make a choice. You know, I had my therapist, she had mentioned to me that when you're trying to tell somebody about what you want, it's not 
the best thing to do to tell them in terms of like, I need you to do this for me or I want you to do this for me. It's more so in just telling them what you want for you and then giving them the opportunity to make that choice on whether or not they want to do that and meet you there or not. For instance, instead of telling someone like, I need you to call me or else I don't really believe that you really about it. She was like, there's another way of wording that that says it would really make me happy to hear from you. And now you have shared the same sentiment, which is this is what would bring me joy, but without placing a demand. And now you've given them the power of choice. And that's a very basic way that we show humanity. You know, that's a basic, that's a very basic way that we see someone's humanity. We give them the power of choice. When you're in a dynamic where people are removing choice from you and where people are basically making you the brunt of their decision-making and it's all women, that's a mean girl situation. And if you ask yourself, you'll say, wait a minute, I've, I've been in those situations. They happen in families all the time. You know, it's a click. It's a click. And we've decided that da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and now you got to do it. Nah, that's not how this is going to go. And the way that you end up challenging it ultimately is by keeping your distance from those that you have to be around and by creating boundaries. And sometimes they don't even know those boundaries. You know those boundaries. There's been mean girl situations that I was in that I really like, you know, there were bigger forces at work that kept me there. And so I had to figure out how to manage it. And ultimately it became, I'm just going to be a party of one. And I had to shed the desire for acceptance. I had to remove the want for sisterhood from folks that didn't see me as their sister. And I had to be okay with being in my own circle and creating my own ecosystem of friendship, of love, of sisterhood, brotherhood, et cetera. And I think a lot of us don't think that's possible. We look at a mean girl scenario. We look at this person who's in this position and they're ostracizing us. And we think, damn, like, that's so whack. Like, I can't even believe they act like that. You, we, we get very bold down and we get lost in the negativity of their bullshit. And we forget that we can also create our own spaces. And we don't have to necessarily succumb to their thing. We don't. When I was in high school, there was a mean girl formation that was created. And really, they just like was on some like, yeah, you can't be friends with us anymore because you don't pluck your eyebrows. You can't be friends with us anymore. And I remember I then had a friendship with this girl named Julia. And Julia's friend had done the same type of thing. It was like, yeah, we can't be friends anymore because we just don't mesh. And then went off to like be a part of this mean girl coalition. And they would constantly ostracize us. They would constantly do very like public girlhood things. And make it known, like, but you can't. But you can't. And me and Julia would be on the side, like, like crying to each other about how we've been, like, ostracized. And then eventually I turned to Julia one day and I was like, why are we so pressed about being friends with them? We're friends with each other. That's enough. We don't need to be a part of their mean girl clique. I don't even like them. And their eyebrows are not plucked well. And then we ended up having our own group. The last dose. And that's really how I've charted a course through my life is that I, I feel like I've been in mean girl situations a number of times and I end up having to remember that if you're a big personality 
or if you're a light, if you're confident, there are going to be people who love it. Y'all, there are people who want to feed that, who want to join in with that, who want to be a part of that and who will honor that and protect that. And then there are people who are going to hate on that. There are people who are going to try to drain that and who are going to derive their own light and security from taking from yours. And when we're around those people, we forget that the former exists, but they do. They do. You can attract those people. And if you're codependent, you're so used to being attracted to narcissists that you forget that you can choose not to let them in. You can. You as the codependent can make a decision to say, ah, you know what? Not this time. So for all y'all out there dealing with the mean girls of the world, I want to pour into you and remind you They are only treating you the way they are. These mean girls are only ostracizing you because they are insecure and your security and your confidence and your brilliance makes them dislike themselves. And there's nothing you can do about it. Not everybody is for you. Turn your head the other way, pivot in another direction, and you will find your own crew. And y'all ain't going to be mean girls. Y'all going to be a sisterhood. Ba-dum-bum. <laughs>